the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. And we're never going to stop loving this city because it's New York City, the greatest city in the world. They sing it in the Broadway show Hamilton because even back then the founding fathers knew it's the greatest city in the world. I know that's a little arrogant, but you know what? Sorry, I've been to a lot of cities, like really all over the place, from Cape Town, uh, South Africa, to uh, Sydney, Australia, to Tokyo, and New York City is the greatest city in the world. A lot going on in the city. Michael Avenatti, convicted. I actually have the, um, uh, I work with the prosecutor who was the lead prosecutor on the case. Uh, We have another case uh, together. And I was speaking to, I was texting with him yesterday, and I said, I can't believe it's a hung jury. And I said, it's got to be like one juror. And sure enough, today, the jurors came out and they said there's one juror who refuses to look at the evidence, who uh, is just basing her, I believe it was a woman, her uh, verdict on emotions. And judge, uh, the judge wrote, read a very good charge to them. A charge means a, a section of the law that says, and it's exactly in the law, your, your verdict, you took an oath to base your verdict on the evidence, not on sympathy or emotion. But then to balance it, he also said, if you've decided uh, a, a particular outcome of the case, don't be bullied. Don't be bullied by your peers. So if it's 11 to 1 and you truly believe that the government has not proven their case beyond a reasonable doubt or in the other direction, everyone thinks that the government hasn't and you think that they have, don't be bullied and don't fold just because 11 other people disagree with you. And shortly after the judge read that charge, the jury came back and found Mr. Avenatti guilty uh, of of taking the three hundred million dollars, it's the I'm sorry, not three hundred million dollars, three hundred thousand dollars from Stormy Daniels from her book publisher by uh, writing them a fake letter uh, on her behalf, forging her signature, asking them to send the money directly to him. Um, what a what a fall from grace! Um, I never gloat about anyone's misfortunes. Uh, and, and if you want to think of misfortunes, not only is that man who not that long ago in the world, in the world we live in, was talking about running for president of the United States. Not only did he lose a case today where he's now looking at a, a sentence of up to 22 years, but he starts his jail sentence of two and a half years 
from the Nike fraud case that he lost on Monday. So on Monday, he reports to prison. And let me tell you guys, you know, it's a Friday night and you're either in the car heading home or you're home cooking dinner or putzing around the house. Going to jail is not fun. Um, actually, I think the going to jail part may be the worst part. It's And it's like that with a lot of things, right? When you start a new school, when you start a new day camp or, 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 or sleepaway camp, it's that fear of the unknown that is terrifying. Now, day camp isn't that terrifying. Overnight camp may be a little more terrifying. A new school, slightly terrifying. Prison, terrifying. I don't care what prison you go into. I don't care. It's a camp. I don't care what it is. It's not where you want to be. And that's what Michael Avenatti will be doing um, Sunday night. He'll be the last time he's sleeping in his bed, whatever his bed is. And Monday morning, he will be reporting to a federal facility. Um, And, you know, just to keep things balanced here, he's facing 22 years. Now, if the government, if the U.S. Attorney's Office asks for the judge to sentence him anywhere close to that, they lose all credibility. Because in the Southern District of New York, you steal $300,000 from a client. That is not n- nowhere near a 22-year penalty. That's just the maximum that he could get. But that is not what the uh, the judge will sentence him to. And if the government asks for anything near that, they'll lose all credibility. So uh, let's just hope that the system works. He's been convicted. I don't see any scenario where Judge Furman does not give him any jail time, um, but he will give him jail time. He'll also probably take into account he's about to do two and a half years in jail. Uh, and when, when he's sentenced, he'll be brought in from prison to be sentenced uh, before the court as a prisoner. Um, let's see if I was going to I was going to handicap his sentence. I would say the lowest he gives him. Knowing Judge Furman, who is not too easygoing in sentencing, is seven. So we could see. I don't know what the sentencing is. Usually they put it off for three or four, well, four months. So it won't be until probably close to the summertime when he actually gets sentenced. Um, and my my number is the low of seven. I don't think he goes above ten. So that's uh, from uh, Idala Pertuna and Cammons uh, from Idala. That's that's my guess. I'm supposed to have dinner with my father tonight, and I'm sure I'll hear it from him. What do you think he's really going to give him that much? Mm, I think he might. Um, in local-slash-national news as well, since Avenatti was local, since the, the courthouse is right up the block from the uh, AM 970 studios, you know, yesterday, um, by all accounts, was a historic day. Depending on who you ask, it was meaningful, it wasn't meaningful, but by all accounts, it was historic. The President of the United States of America, the leader of the free world, doesn't just saunter into one police plaza and spend a morning there on a regular basis. Um, I know President Obama, I believe, strolled through there at one point, but did not do what took place yesterday. And what took place yesterday was a president and a Democratic Party that... Uh, primarily with the people behind defund the police, defund the police, made a statement. And Matt Sambolino, let's hear the statement he made. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to give you the tools, the training, the funding to be partners, to be protectors, and community needs you and know the community. And he followed that up with talking about a half a billion dollars, $300 million for more police. So I got up, I, I got upset with this whole politi- politicalization 
uh, sorry guys, it's late for me too, um, of crime. It shouldn't be about Democratic politics or Republican politics. And both sides are to blame because the New York Post says blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? That blah, blah, that was the cover of the Post. Blah, 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 like nothing took place. Those mere words coming out of the leader of the free world's mouth in this city that had thousands of people, at points tens of thousands of people chanting defund the police is very meaningful. And you 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 read the New York Daily News editorial and although they're they're complimenting Biden, they refer to Biden Biden as the leader of the Democratic Party. Hello. Hello. He's the leader of the country. He's allegedly uh, supposedly the leader of the free world, right? There's no bigger leader than the president of the United States. But he's not the leader of the Democratic Party. It's not about Democrats and Republicans. It's about all of us as Americans having the greatest city, the most important city. Osama bin Laden didn't bomb anywhere else. He bombed, bombed New York for a reason. I remember as talking to police commissioner Ray Kelly about, you know, is there a target that comes as close to New York? He said, not even close. He said, not even Washington, D.C. He said, absolutely not. New York is the number one target. So it's the number one target for international terrorists and sadly for local domestic terrorists. But you know what? We have a mayor who is committed, a mayor who's a police officer, a mayor who won an election, a primary election over Maya Wiley, who wanted to, who campaigned on taking guns away from the police. So he has the support of the New Yorkers. He now has the support of the president of the United States. And look, let's see if it's blah, blah, blah. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like everyone is rolling up their sleeves. Congressman Richie Torres from the Bronx declares defund the police is dead in New York City. The tide is churning. The waves are turning. A school teacher got fired because she tweeted something that was anti-police oriented uh, uh, the, the day that we were honoring Detective Mora. I'm telling you, the pendulum is swinging back in favor of New York. And you know who you're going to hear it from right now? You're going to hear it from the chief of staff, Frank Carone, to the mayor of the city of New York. Coming up next for two segments, Frank Carone. Stay tuned. Folks, Connors and Sullivan, that is the law firm to go to in New York City to do your estate planning, to do your will to do your health care proxy, which means if you can't make decisions for yourself, if you're ill, you tell the world who you want to make those decisions for you. You need a power of attorney if you're in the hospital, if you're home and you can't leave the house, if you have a power of attorney, whoever you designate as your attorney, quote unquote, it doesn't have to be a lawyer, it could be a, a family member, it could be anyone you want, they can make those decisions for you. They could sign documents for you and you need a living will. That tells the world how you want to be treated if you're in a position where you're on life support. How do you get all of those documents? You go to a law firm that's been doing it for 40 years. For 40 years, they're located in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Connors and Sullivan. They will give you a free initial consultation with a lawyer. Not with a paralegal, not with an assistant, not with an intern. But Connors and Sullivan will provide a lawyer to sit down with you initially and consult with you on your particular situation. Just call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan today.
The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. New York, New York, big city of dreams and everything in New York ain't always what it seems. You might get fooled if you come from out of town, but I'm down by law and I know my way around too. New York, baby. And let me tell you something. It's only here on AM 970 is the answer on the Idala Power Hour where you're going to hear from the most powerful New Yorkers. And I will tell you, between Megyn Kelly and Joe Piscopo and Bruce Teitelbaum and the chief of the department, Terry Monahan, of all the guests we've had on in the month of January and the beginning of February, there's only one that people keep asking me, when are you going to have him on again? That was so interesting. When are you going to have him on again? Well, guess what? You're going to get to hear from him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the chief of staff to the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams. Here is my friend, my brother from another mother, Frank Carone. Hello, chief. How are you, sir? Uh, thank you, Arthur. It's very flattering of you. Happy, uh, happy, happy Friday. How are you holding up, my friend? I know uh, it's been an interesting ride for the last, uh, beyond four weeks before you even came in. I know how hard you guys are working in the month of December, putting it all together. So, Overall, how is the world of Frank Corona on a personal level? It's hard to believe that it's it's six weeks, but in, in, in watching the, the mayor put in the effort that he does, um, we have team meetings starting at 8 a.m. with the entire senior leadership. We start phone calls before 7. He goes th- throughout the entire day without stopping, and we usually end late at night, and he's up fresh with a suit and crisp white shirt and tie early in the morning and, and watching – Watching the man work like that is such a great example. So it's hard for me to really say anything other than that it's uh, I'm just going to follow the lead of, of the mayor and, and do the best I can uh, for him. Now, I got, I'm going to see how literally you're going to follow the lead of the mayor because you are a man of who, who appreciates sartorial splendor. <laughs> And, uh, you know, when, when we've romped through the streets of Italy, I've seen you make some pretty nice purchases. I noticed that the mayor, uh, I don't know if he's trying to set a trend or bring a trend back, but he's wearing tie bars, which were very popular in the 1950s, where it's a metal bar that goes through the collar and underneath the tie. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, obviously, correct? Yeah, of course. Look, when, when the mayor uh, took did a self-analysis and, and, and became a plant-based eater, uh, he got in great shape. He got healthy. He got energized, and now he fits great. And he looks great in in in, in suits, and he's wearing it well. Uh, as far as the tie bars, that's a personal preference. Uh, it's, it's one one item I'm not too sure about. But uh, <laughs> <I'll ask him. laughs> all right, Frank, I, I make sure I won't buy you that for Christmas. So let me. Uh, anyway, this this the last two weeks have been horrible uh, with the police officers being killed and the funerals, um, and. You know, I know you're pretty busy, so I'm not telling you that you got to listen to the show every night. But I was very upset yesterday and even today about the coverage uh, of of what took place yesterday and how, you know, we're politicizing or the media is politicizing crime as opposed to attacking crime. 
And, you know, tell me about what yesterday was like from from inside City Hall and, and from all of you policymakers around the mayor. You know, and that's a great question. And, and I think what's, what got lost a little in the recent press, because uh, it is a big deal having the president of the United States visit one police plaza and, and show his uh, respect to the men and women in uniform. But w- what yesterday was, besides um, obviously a coming together of senior elected officials around around uh, New York State, New York City, and of course the country, it was an actual briefing. There was a period where we had to, you know, shut the room to the press because there was sensitive information being given. And, and, and what is that? It was the uh, the daily gun violence strategic partnership briefing, which which happens every day, where city, state, local, and federal investigators, lawmakers, prosecutors get together and share intel on gun arrests. This is a direct result of um, Mayor Adams working with President Biden from beginning in August, where the mayor met with the president and said to him, you know, when 9-11 happened, you know, country came together, the city came together, the state came together, and law enforcement came together. And what did they do? They shared data, they shared intel, they shared information on potential terrorist attacks and what, what happened. We, 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 with that, you know, with that sharing of information and cooperation of government, we were able to uh, stem the tide as best as we can to prevent future terrorist attacks post 9-11. So using that same mantra, Mayor said to the president, we need that same sharing of information and cooperation to stem the scourge of gun violence. And the president responded. He instructed his agencies to cooperate with the great men and women of the police department. And that now is a real debriefing that happens every day. It's called the Gun Violence Strategic Partnership. And the president came yesterday to watch that and say thank you to his agencies and, and thank you to the mayor and the mayor did the same. We had the congressional delegation. We had the two U.S. attorneys in both Eastern and Southern District, the attorney general, and they were all there to, to really witness this debriefing. And, and that's what government is really supposed to do. When you put your egos aside and you cooperate and all branches of government work together towards a goal, really the, the, the people of a, of a great city are really going to be um, served well. And it was a great privilege to be there, and we're going we're gonna to build on it as best as we can. And that's what yesterday was about, cooperation and leadership. So Chief of Staff Frank Carone, what do you say to, to the New York Post that, that the headline is, you know, blah, 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 nothing really happened yesterday. It was just a bunch of lip service. Well, it's actually a disservice to those law enforcement men and women who actually work every day at this gun debriefing, who use their ingenuity and creativity and hard work to share data so that when the perpetrators are brought before a judge for arraignment, the most, the most information possible is available, and also you know, putting the data in, into the hands of the prosecutors so that those bring the guns into our state and put them in the hands of our children are held accountable. That's what yesterday was. It, it was not a show. It was a, an actual quite opposite, a show of respect for our law enforcement personnel who were doing this great work. Did you did you know ahead of time that uh, President Biden was going to be so forceful in his remarks about this is not about defunding the police. This is about funding the police, which was a basically a direct slap at a whole portion of his uh, of his party and a bunch of you know protesters that spent the summer of 2020 here in the streets of New York screaming defund the police. No, no, we, we, we didn't know exactly what his remarks would be verbatim. But we were working very closely with the White House in preparation for yesterday, and we're going to continue to work closely on other initiatives 
He's been a great friend to New York. And Congressman Richie Torres came out uh, not that long ago, um, or I, I think actually said it yesterday. He said, defund the police is dead in New York City. Um, is that is that the vibe that we're putting out there now? Are we going to, is Mayor Adams taking all the steps that he said he was going to during the campaign to let law enforcement know we got their back? Well, I, I like to believe so, but that's it, it, really just part of the story, and I, and I appreciate the congressman's uh, uh, support there. But as the mayor likes to say, and he's, and he's correct, the scourge of gun violence is like a, a sea that's fed by many rivers, and we need to dam each one of them. That means both intervention and prevention, uh, preventing those upstream and those uh, the circumstances that lead to gun violence, lack in education, uh, despondency, uh, mental illness, etc. So this is a, an entire... Um, you know, entire blend of rivers feeding the sea. So it's not just the funding the police that's going to get this done. It's cooperating on all, all phases and branches of government to really attack this holistically. And I, I know the the, the uh, president talked about um, ATF, which is the you know, the federal agency, uh, being much more involved with the NYPD. The you know how much when when the mayor has these meetings with all the branches of law enforcement as an observer. How much do you witness his 22 years experience as a police officer really rising to the top and setting him apart from mayors, mayors all over the country and all of our previous mayors who, as far as I know in recent history, none of them have been police officers. You know, it's interesting. I think as you know, as, as you know, being an attorney, there's a certain language that you speak and, and that language you may take for granted. It's one of the reasons I tell both of my children, Gabriella and Francesco, that I encourage them to go to law school, whether or not they ultimately practice law, but it's just a certain language you speak. So the mayor has the language. He understands these subtleties, he understands uh, the issues that are preventing law enforcement doing their job well. He understands the stresses they're under. There's, there's something to be said for that. He is, you know, 22 years as a New York City police officer has taught him quite a bit in, in starting in transit. And, and working his way up. So it's invaluable. Transit, regarding transit, uh, Chief of Staff Carone, the, the people on the subways, I mean, I, I spoke to a New Yorker who you and I know and is a real Manhattanite who's on the subways all the time, and this young person told me even during the days now, she's afraid to travel on the subways. I'm assuming that the mayor knows what a priority that is, correct? Yeah, oh, yes. The, the mayor knows. Uh, deputy mayors know. And, and, and throughout our, our leadership in City Hall and our agencies are nowhere. And we're working off to find a solution that's both humane you know, and as well as uh, um, effective so that the transit system can be used for what it's supposed to be useful, which is transporting people to work, to and from work and to and from, uh, and, you know, social activities or whatever else they, they like to do. So I'm going to impose on my friendship with Frank Carone, and I'm going to make him hold on for two minutes during this break, and I'm going to bring him back because I just want to talk to him about the future of New York City and implementing many of the policies that Mayor Adams campaigned on. We'll be right back. Uh-huh. 
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-2700. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Friday night, you made it through the week. Congratulations. You're either in your car heading home or you got Alexa on and you're listening to us as you're preparing dinner. Or maybe you're preparing a little libation to like loosen up for the weekend. But uh, the most important thing you're going to do right now is you're going to continue to hear from the chief of staff of Eric Adams, Frank Carone. And Frank, you know, they talk about when a, a mayor comes in, he gets a certain honeymoon period. There really wasn't a honeymoon period at all. Uh, very early on, you guys had a snowstorm and then obviously all the other tragedies that followed. But you didn't really get a, a, a uh, honeymoon period for too long in the media and i'm just wondering you know the the media attacks on on the mayor and quite frankly frank even on on you yourself how much does that play a part in the operations of city hall and how much is how much of a distraction is the media and the assaults by the media um in terms of you guys doing the the business of the people uh that's a great question author and and i have to i have to say you know it's a great a great privilege, and it's humbling to be able to come to work every day, and and serve the people the way that the mayor and our and our and our team has to. So so I understand with that comes a price, and have great and we have great respect for the press. We understand they have a job to do, and um and we know that taking this position and our, the job that we have comes with certain sacrifices, and and some of those are our privacy, and stories about our lives are become subject to you know. Fair game for the but press. Frank, I know, but Frank, fine. there's a lot of it. A lot of it that it's not really fair game. I mean, there was an article about you being subpoenaed. That it's just ridiculous. It's not. It's not accurate. In other words, it's not accurate reporting. It's all twisted. I mean, do you want to address any of these silly things? Yeah, sure. Listen, I, listen. I, as a litigator, you know, there's something that I do and I flourished in, and I and I actually loved. So yeah, these things happen sometimes as a lawyer, and they're legacy cases where. Uh, my firm or my prior firm where I, where I used to work will deal with matters in litigation. And, and, and I have no concerns whatsoever about any of it. It's the standard operating procedure for me in the past. But the truth is, and, and this is really you know, something that I, I take great solace in, and, and of course the mayor likes to say when it's speaking to, to folks who ask these questions, but we have really thick skin, and we really truly do. And it's we have no ego. We're not sensitive. We're okay with it. But I had a, I've had so far to this day a very fortunate, blessed life. I had many successes and, and joys, but also some mistakes and you know errors and errors and and businesses, errors and um, friendships, errors and relationships. But it's the combination of both, the good, the bad, that frame my thinking today and make me who I am. And quite frankly, I usually learn more from those mistakes than than the ones that. I succeeded in, but they stick with you the most. So we come in here with a collection of experience, and that's what really gives us the skills to make good judgments because we have that requisite experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
May used to say on the campaign trail that he's perfectly imperfect, and the truth is every person is perfectly imperfect. So it's not a distraction. It really isn't. It's where we knew these things would be um, these type of you know strange inquiries where um, you look at it and say, what? What is this really about? Well, fair game, and we'll just deal with them as they come one at a time, but they're not going to take our eye off the really important work we're doing, not at all. Do, do, do some of these articles, I mean, today, you know, I, there's something popped up in Cranes about a subpoena for a past case, which is what people don't who don't do what we do realize that that's not such a big deal. But what effect, you know, you mentioned earlier about your children and obviously I adore your wife. And I, I know how much I mean, you, the, their whole world revolves around you. What effect does it have on, on your family that, you know, oh, well, here's a, a news alert that my dad got subpoenaed? which is, you know, you and I know it's no big deal, but how does that affect your family? No, I, they, my family's uh, steadfast, and, and, and it's fine. If they, if they saw their father or, or, or brother or husband reacting, then perhaps it would have a different impact, but they but they don't. And we will sometimes I don't even know about the story, and if I do, I don't even read it. So it really, it's, it's really, it's, it's not anything that affects our family, my family at all. But it's a great question. I appreciate you asking. So before we we saw, before we send everyone off, just tell us what's what's the next thing. I mean, I know there's probably forty or fifty next things, but what is the next focus? And uh, either in the Adams administration or you as the chief of staff, you know, what's your next main focus? And God willing, there's no tragedies that divert your attention from the, some of the policies that that Mayor Adams was so forceful about during the campaign. Well, as you as you know, the mayor says often, and 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 we, you know, march to that drum. There could be no prosperity without public safety. So we're focused steadfast on that. But in, but beyond that, we're we're really um, coming. We're really formulating a plan to bring the city back, bring people back to work, you know, bring economic uh, opportunities to the city. Um, look throughout the different boroughs and fee- and just see where we can partner with. Uh, with our partners in different parts of government, we can encourage um, equitable investment. So we, the mayor is going to be um, talking about and speaking on future um, budget positions in the next in the next week. Quite frankly, is addressing the assembly and senate next week, and we're going to be rolling out some initiatives there. So that our think as soon as we can, we're going to be really. Uh, focused on making sure the city comes back to greatness that it once had. We've been, it's been a real long, hard road post uh, during this COVID epidemic. Well, last question since you brought it up. I mean, it, I know you're not a doctor and I'm not putting you out there, but are we getting the sense that the, the, the coronavirus crisis and the COVID-19 is, is fading and that by a, the glorious spring we'll be able to uh, pop back and, and shortly thereafter be the great New York that we were we were exactly two years ago? You know, we asked this question to one of our doctors once, and their answer was, you know, I, I, I may eat my words. So nobody really knows. I think what we do know is that the uh, that COVID uh, in, in, in any iteration is probably here to, here to stay in its many different forms. But the good news is we have the technology and we know how to combat it. And it really starts with vaccinations and vaccinations and boostering. Uh, the statistics are clear. The science is clear. There is no debate. Um, if you will be, you at least have a better chance of fighting your body, fighting the illness when you're vaccinated. So the fact that we have such a high rate of vaccination in New York is encouraging. With that said, I think it's something we'll have to learn to just live with the same way we live with the flu and other debilitating illnesses that come and our body fights and we have the medicine to deal with. As long as we continue to safeguard 
this way with vaccinations and, and when when different variants emerge, social distancing and masks, I think we'll be we'll bounce back and we will have that spring, as you say. All right. So the last, last, last question. I know a judge always said, Mr. Idali, you said the last one was your last question. But the last, last, last one, Mr. Carone, chief of staff to the mayor of the city of New York. Since you've been the chief of staff, how many other New York City local radio show interviews have you given? Uh, I, I, I really can't answer that. I don't think any. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was the, that was the right answer. That was the There we go. That, that was the right answer. Now everyone knows it's not scripted. It's not scripted. Frank, have a great. I know you still have a lot of work to do. I know you got to jump on a budget call. I hope you get a little time with your family this weekend. But from the, on behalf of all of us New Yorkers, thank you so much. Uh, I know how you, you're working your tail off uh, and your skill set, your integrity, your values is what exactly what New York needs right now. And as lucky as we are to have Eric Adams, Eric Adams is equally as lucky to have you by his side guiding him through. Have a great weekend, my yeah, friend. I appreciate that. Me too, Take care. Take care. Only here, folks. You got that? AM 970, the answer. The Idola Power Hour. You want to know what's going on inside City Hall? You got it from the guy who's in there. As you heard, the phone call started at 7 a.m. The, the, the team meeting is at 8 a.m. And they're there till late in the evening. That is the chief of staff, Frank Carone. It is no secret that I've known him for 20-plus years. I am so happy and proud of him. And look, I watched Frank go from being a a solo practitioner into building up a huge law firm. And the one thing about him is, and I say this really with all honesty, you don't really see Frank sweat. Like, did you hear his voice and you hear his intonation and how he's calm and measured? He's almost always like that. Um, And I, I definitely think you need that in City Hall when there is being crisis after crisis after crisis uh, being thrown your way. And, you know, we got a little insight in there. You know, there, there was an article that popped up today about him being subpoenaed. He's being subpoenaed about uh, logs that a lawyer has to keep and, and privilege logs and things like that. But it's and it's typically it's no big deal, especially in civil litigation. But because of his new position, in other words, had he not been the chief of staff, it's not it's not newsworthy at all. But because of his new position. It's very newsworthy because it's like a little dig. It's a little dig at Adams, and it's some. It's a reason for you to pick up the paper and read. Oh, oh, the chief of staff is in trouble. He's not in trouble. It's ridiculous. But you got to hear what it's like for him, and whether it's a distraction for him or for the mayor, and how it affects people's families. Because that's real life, and you do have to have thick skin. You do have to be tough to do that job. And it's no secret that Mr. Carone took a pretty significant pay cut to go and serve the, the ladies and gentlemen of this great city. So if there's anything I'm going to like gloat about a little bit is Frank Carone's not doing any interviews. That's why when I asked him how many he, he stumbled, like he thought he was, he, he knew I knew that it, I, I'm the only one he's willing to speak with. And, you know, next time I know I'm going to have him on, maybe I'll ask you guys to send me in some questions. I was trying not to give him any softballs. I, you know, I was asking him open-ended questions and let him answer it. I want this show to be a vehicle for you guys to learn uh, whatever it is, whether it's like, you know, our next segment about how to make a drink on a Friday night or about what's going on inside City Hall and what time they start or what time they finish and what life is like. Um, hopefully Frank will be a, a regular here. And we're almost done. We got one more segment for the whole week. So stay tuned. Maybe start pouring that drink. It'll make the next segment a little more exciting. Be right back. I'm Connell McShane. This is the Fox Business Report. 
The major averages finished mixed for the day, but up for the week on a stronger-than-expected monthly jobs report for January. The tech-heavy Nasdaq gain lifted by strong results from Amazon after it delivered blockbuster earnings. The e-commerce giant share surged over 13% and broke the record for the largest-ever one-day gain in market value for a U.S. company. The move comes just a day after Facebook parent Meta Platforms suffered the largest-ever loss. The Dow falling 21 points, the Nasdaq up 219, S&P 500 up 23. And shares of Snap surged 58% for its best day since going public in 2017 after the social media company notched its first quarterly profit and offered upbeat guidance. And Ford stock fell nearly 10% after reporting fourth quarter profit in sales that fell short of Wall Street expectations. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Hillary Barsky, invested in you. Run, walk, honor. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on 9-11. That single event has inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities across the nation each year. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with a flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Freehold Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Jamming, we're jamming. All right. Well, that was a pretty cool segment. Two actually with uh, Frank Carone. Now I will tell you what has taken place and was brought to my attention since I had Frank on the line was that a controversy has erupted and it's kind of been happening in real time uh, about a, um, a statement. A video came forth from 2019 with candidate. He wasn't even the candidate yet. He was about to be the candidate. He was Borough President Eric Adams where he referred to certain police officers as crackers, which is a derogatory term for white people. Um, And he's already come out and apologized. He's already said it was absolutely wrong and it was inexcusable. And um, he he totally regrets it. He wasn't really, I mean, right, if we're going to say the N-word is is absolutely verboten, I don't know, do we say the C-word is? I don't know. I I don't feel that way about it, but obviously he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have said it, especially for someone of his caliber who was so sensitive to racial issues. Um, I think the exact quote was, every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, is basically what, what he says in the video. Man, I was unbelievable in the police department with 100 blacks and law enforcement, he continued, referring to his police advocacy group that he co-founded in the 90s. I became a sergeant, a lieutenant, and a captain. You know the story. Some people all of a sudden are trying to reinvent me, but the reality is what it was. I, the reality is what I was then is who I am now. So he's, um, 
basically talking about his time in the police department, and he refers, and he was speaking to a predominantly, I would think, African-American audience in Harlem. So obviously he's catching some heat. I'm looking online right now, and he's, he, as I said, he immediately apologized. Um, Pat Lynch, president of the PBA, the NYPD's largest union, said that he would not he did not criticize the the mayor instead asking his members not to rush to outrage quote we have spent far too many hours together in hospital emergency rooms these past few weeks and we've worked together for decades before that lynch said a few seconds of video will not define our relationship we have a lot of work to do together to support our members on the streets I got to tell you, I think Pat Lynch is really growing into his own. I mean, he's been around a long time. When I was at the funeral, every bar on a uh, officer's, I believe it's left sleeve, is indicative of five years on the job. And he had so many bars that I lost count. It's really, I mean, he's got to be over 35 years on the job. Um, and I just think it is very um, insightful for him to have that that reaction. I'm sure if the same exact thing had happened with Mayor uh, de Blasio, his, uh, Pat Lynch's reaction would not be the same as it is with Mayor uh, Adams because I believe they, they feel a genuine concern for the NYPD from the mayor, a general caring from the NYPD, uh, from the mayor about the NYPD and about really fighting crime. Um, so I think Pat Lynch is taking the high road and is saying, listen, we're not going to judge this mayor and this mayoralty based on one word that he said two years ago. Now, if it was a white candidate and said that other word, like Michael Richards did from Seinfeld, Kramer, you know, he's basically been written off 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 the the face of the earth. So, you know, is there a double standard? Yeah. I mean, is the word cracker in the same league as the N-word? Not in our society. Um, But, you know, we could have a whole debate for weeks about double standards and why why could some person of one color use one word and you can't use another word? And Why are you allowed to say the N-word all over the radio on different songs? But then if you say it in passing, it's it's a death penalty kind of punishment. I just think Pat Lynch looked at the bigger picture and said this is not about black and white right now. This is about keeping New York safe. So I applaud Pat Lynch for, you know, telling his troops to, you know, let's not get crazy and let's focus on him supporting us and getting the job done and keeping people safe. Um, And obviously you have to say, Mayor Adams, that was a a silly thing to say. You know, he doesn't he doesn't come across that way, at least now uh, at all. And that was four years ago, right? Three, four years ago, something like that. I forget what what month it was in 2019. and if you want to know if, if the pendulum is swinging, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, reversed policies today. Uh, that Remember the whole thing is unless you actually are using the gun in the robbery, you would not be charged as a felony. Well, he came out with a memo today and he changed that so that if you're in a, um, a business and there is a commercial robbery with a gun, I'm reading at, right off of his memo, a commercial robbery with a gun will be charged as a felony. A commercial robbery at knife point or by other weapon that creates a risk of phys- physical harm will be charged as a felony. That's a reversal of what he said. So um, the, the, the pendulum is swinging. I hope, I hope that this one word that the mayor used, you know, years ago is not not going to lead us into this rabbit hole 
of talking about what he said then and, and instead of fight, focusing on the issues at hand. And I, I didn't know about this when I spoke to Chief of Staff Frank Corona. If I did, of course, I would I would have said, you know, Frank, what what's the response to this? Um we did speak, though, about distractions, and the distraction that I was alluding to was some article that popped up today about Frank being um, subpoenaed on a case that he had. So we shall see, folks. Let's see how this plays out over the weekend. And, again, I just hope it doesn't take on a life of its own. I'm sure it's going to be on the cover of one of the newspapers tomorrow. And instead of us focusing on making the subway safe so my friends are willing to take the subway and my friend Joan is going on the subway without getting pushed and hurt and crying, you know, that's really what I care about. I don't care about cracker. I don't care about the N-word if someone's saying it in an elevator about a judge because I hear that being often said often. I care about my family being safe, me being safe, and my friends being safe. Let's end Friday off on a high note. Um, by the way, if you want to know why I think Michael Avenatti might get sentenced so in such a high manner is the way the federal uh, sentencing guidelines work, if he's already been convicted, so I think he'll be in what's called criminal history category two, which makes his sentencing that much higher, makes his guidelines that much higher. So we will see what Judge Furman says. But get yourself a uh, a, a nice glass or a nice um, the thing you put a drink in um, and put a, <laughs> a shaker. Cut up some oranges. This is Padre Lou's Bronx cocktail. He's from the Bronx, born in Manhattan, but meant to the Bronx, to Bure Avenue. Spent a big part of his life there. My grandparents were there for, I think, 64 years. The Bronx cocktail. It's got to do with fresh orange. Put it in the shaker and muddle it up. Muddle it up. Now throw a bunch of ice in there on top of the muddled orange juice, fresh orange juice. Add two ounces of your favorite London dry gin. And then add a half ounce of sweet vermouth, a half ounce of dry vermouth, a couple of little 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 jiggers of, of bitters, shake it, strain it, <clears throat> pour it into a martini glass, and then follow the Padre Lou instructions. Sip it, savor it, and swallow it. There's no doing shots with Padre Lou. All right? What a great week we had. What an exciting week. What great guests. What what. Horrible uh, events we lived through together. I feel like I'm sharing this with my family. I was at the Cathedral Club uh, dinner last night where Jim Kerr was the, the master of ceremonies. Everyone there. I mean, it, there was 300 people. Everyone was like, uh, I heard your show. I heard the show. I heard the show. Well, Monday night we're broadcasting live from the Friars Club. Friars Club. Monday night is live. It's a party. It's new members night. We're going to have a blast. Make sure you tune in. Have a wonderful weekend. Be careful with the ice and give someone a hug. Tell them you love them. Luca, come here. Quick. Have a great weekend, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.